Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts explore 1969's urban legend that Paul McCartney from the Beatles was actually killed in 1966 and replaced with a body double. You know, I can't believe that anyone would intentionally insert backwards clues in recordings. See, oh, I had no. Well, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. And I'd be Mark. And uh, this is the podcast coming to you from New York and uh, Virginia simultaneously through the magic of the internet. Through Telstar. Actually, not really, but I'm making that up. I went to an assembly when I was a kid and uh, AT&T came to our school and we had a whole assembly about Telstar and they had a, a life-size mock-up of the thing on stage. Cool. It was very cool. It was a song by the Tornadoes. Yes. That's right. That's it. That was it. Yeah, with the jalopy sounds in the background that are <laughs> supposed to be, uh, you know, satellite, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyhow, so Ray, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about the uh, the the conspiracy before the, there was an internet, uh, a huge conspiracy that uh, Paul McCartney had in fact died and was replaced by a lookalike on the latter Beatles albums. Would you call this urban legend? I would call it urban legend. All right. I would call it viral before there was such a thing. Cool. Cool. Yes, right. So so for our, our peeps who uh, were, were basically aware that it happened, they may not know the details, so it'll be interesting for them. And for folks who had no clue there was this urban legend floating around in the late 60s, it'll be uh, news to them. So it should be interesting. should be fun. Right. So uh, how did this whole thing start? Aha, okay. Well, basically, there was a, a rumor that began circulating around January of 1967, uh, and then it kind of faded away. But it really blew up um, when it was started to be reported in campus newspapers in the United States in late 1969. So it was about a two-year time lag. But by then, people were going nuts, you know, playing Beatle recordings backwards, looking at photographs, looking for clues. But basically, I think if you bring it all the way back, my theory is that it, it starts from a couple of events. In uh, December of 1965, um, Paul was on vacation up in Liverpool, and he rented a couple of mopeds. And he had a friend of his, uh, Tara Brown, who was heir to the Guinness fortune. Uh, but he was a young young kid, friend of Paul's, and they were riding mopeds together. And uh, during the anthology series in the mid-90s, uh, Paul was saying that uh, he was recalling this incident. And he said, you know, I was showing Tara the scenery. He was behind me. There was an incredible full moon. It was really huge. And so I'm starting to talk about the moon as I'm looking at the moon. And he says, I suddenly have a freeze frame image of myself at that angle to the ground when it's too late to pull back up again. He says, uh, I took a few minutes to think, ooh, this is too bad. I'm going to smack that pavement with my face. <laughs> Bang. Uh, and he said that uh, he, he was driving the moped to his cousin's house, Brett. You know, he says, I told Brett, don't. Don't panic, but I've given my face a good smack. And so first she thought it was funny, and then she was just horrified because it looked like he spent a, some time in the ring with Mike Tyson, you know. So she called a friend of hers who was a doctor. The doctor came and stitched him up, but his tooth went through his lip, broke his tooth off. You did forward a, a picture uh, of Paul McCartney with his face, you know, banged up. And, 
it was pretty fresh because his lip was still very swollen in that picture. Yep. Yep. So it really did happen. Now, in the anthology series, just to show you how memories can kind of fade and how time can kind of truncate a little bit or compress a little bit, um, what Paul said in the anthology series was he says, as a matter of fact, that's why I started to grow a mustache. It was pretty embarrassing because at that time you knew your pictures would get winged off to teeny boppery magazines like 16. And it was pretty difficult to have a new picture taken with a big fat lip. So I started growing a a droopy mustache uh, to cover up my lip where it had been sewn. And he says, caught on with the guys in the group because if one of us did something like grow his hair long and we liked the idea, we'd all tend to do it. And that's what led into Sergeant Pepper. But what's kind of interesting is in reality, if if you think about it, he had this accident in December of 1965. And you can see the broken tooth in the rain and paperback writer videos that were filmed in May of 66. So here he is five (laughs) months later, he's still got the broken tooth, hasn't gotten it fixed yet. I don't know, he's afraid of the dentist or has no time or, and and he has no mustache. So he clearly, I mean, I don't know where that came from, but uh, you can see the, the broken tooth in the, in the video. But what was interesting is you fast forward a year in December of 66, his friend, Tara Brown, was uh, driving with his girlfriend in his Lotus Ilan in South Kensington. He was going an estimated 106 miles an hour. He was under the influence of alcohol and drugs. He uh, missed a traffic light and he ended up colliding into the rear end of a uh, parked truck. So he died of his injuries the next day. And so it was really then in early of 1967 There was a rumor that started circulating in London that Paul McCartney had been killed in a traffic accident. Um, There was one fanzine, a fan publication in in February of 67 that dismissed uh, the rumor. And it went away, but only for a couple of years when it really exploded. And um, by the Sgt. Pepper era, the Beatles had started using backmasking, I guess they call it, which is you play snippets of songs backwards or snippets of dialogue backwards, put it in with the music, makes it all interesting. But the fans were always listening for hidden messages. And uh, when the match was lit in 1969, it would be many of these clues that would lead some fans to believe that the band was trying to tell fans that Paul was dead. So in uh, September of 1969, it was Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, Uh, The student newspaper ran an article called, Is Beatle Paul McCartney Dead? The story covered all the clues and the photographs and songs, and it ended up being carried on Detroit and New York City radio stations. So it got to be a really big deal. And I think there were even a couple of courses offered in colleges about, you know, the Paul is dead clues. But the proponents of the theory had really, when they went back and were tying stuff together, they, they tied a massive narrative together. But they maintained that on November 9th, 1966, McCartney had an argument with his bandmates uh, during a Beatles recording session and drove off angrily in his car, crashed and was decapitated, uh, fearing mass hysteria and social unrest at this news. MI5 allegedly got involved (laughs) and forced the surviving Beatles to replace Paul with a lookalike who was named William Campbell and his AKA was Billy Shears. And supposedly because the surviving Beatles felt guilty, they started putting clues and songs and photos 
to inform the fans that Paul was dead. So, for example, in She's Leaving Home, when they start talking about Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock as the day begins, that was supposed to be when Paul McCartney left the studio in a huff. And then the intro to uh, With a Little Help from My Friends, when they introduce Billy Shears, they're going, this is his replacement. So there's a series of visual clues in photographs and a series of audio clues. And I thought what we could do is talk about the visual clues, and you can actually play some audio clues. I can do that, yes. Our listeners can have fun reliving the fall of 1969. Now, I have to say, my my experience with this urban legend was TV show when I was a kid, pretty little. uh, And it was a DJ in the Hereford area who had an afternoon talk show. It was, I think it was Brad Davis's show. Uh, He was on uh, TIC. And he just had a call-in show, and he said, call in with your, your clues, uh, anything you found on any Beatles albums. And I just remember people oh, wow. calling in all afternoon with like things that they found or heard. And, and they kind of came to the conclusion at the end of the show that Paul McCartney was dead. I think I actually believed that he was for a while. There are some you know creepy things, because as, we, as we'll talk about probably at the end, it's sort of like this wasn't organized enough to make, you, to make me think it was intentional. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there were lags of time and, and people are jumping sequences and in songs and clues and compressing things. and sh- So I don't think this was an organized press effort or something like that. But by the same token, there were some eerie similarities. Yes. And, and, but also, uh, you know, Capitol Records were, were pretty tepid in their denials that this had happened. They didn't really pursue it very actively from what I could tell. Yeah, so I think, I think they were happy to ride any publicity wave, any free publicity wave. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not sure. I, th- I think it's creepy that there are similarities without having it been intentional. Right. Which, which is pretty weird. So what do we got? Well, on visual clues in 1967, think about the, um, the Sgt. Pepper album. Um, the first thing you have is you have the, the band and that collage behind them of all various you know, famous people. And um, if you look at Paul McCartney, there's a guy behind him. I think it was Huey Long, probably. But a, a guy behind him holding his hand up over Paul's head. And I remember uh, somebody basically saying that the hand over the head is the, an Egyptian sign of death. Now, whether that's true or not, <laughs> who knows? In the, uh, the gatefold inside the, the album, the Beatles are all sitting down in their Sgt. Pepper uniforms. And I believe on Paul's left sleeve, I think. Yes, I think it's the um, left, yep. Yeah, there, there's a patch, and it's kind of crinkled at the end, but it, it supposedly said OPD, which the rumor had it was um, kind of the British equivalent of DOA, but instead of dead on arrival, it's officially pronounced dead. In reality, I think it's OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police. Right, essentially a state trooper uh, from Canada. Uh, and right. if you if you go, I actually went to their website and looked up their, their emblems, and that's exactly what it is. It, it matches it perfectly. Yep, yep. But for rumor purposes, it's OPD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on the uh, back cover of Sgt. Pepper, all the Beatles are facing you, um, except Paul, who has his back turned. So they said, aha, there, there's a clue. All right, now, now that is a bit mysterious. Why is he turned around? Did they ever offer an explanation for that? No, no. But but it's interesting. There was um, in in one of the uh, in one of the snippets you're probably going to play where there was an interview with John Lennon 
they were asking him about, you know, Paul taking his sandals off um, on the cover of Abbey Road mm-hmm. and cr- crossing the street barefoot. Like, why would that happen? Why would it happen? You know, McCartney's explanation was, well, it was a hot day, you know, so I just kicked off my sandals. But I'm thinking, if it's a hot day, then the road is real hot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But what, but what Lennon always said is he said, you know, w- we all kind of like to do avant-garde kind of things, edgy kind of things. And he says with, with Paul, it was always the same. He would do something, and he, he made up this example, this funny example, but he basically said, you know, he would appear almost straight, almost completely straight, but he'd have like one ear blue. I mean, he would just do one weird thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it could be when they're just goofing around, taking different photos in different ways. Uh, McCartney just turns his back on one. Who knows? Right. Because there's all, all different outtakes from that photo session. Um, but then in uh, 1967, you had Magical Mystery Tour. And that album had a little booklet inside. And uh, there were interesting things. Like there's one outtake from the movie, one still from the movie, where uh, Paul is dressed in a British officer's uniform. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting at a desk with the big word, like nameplate in front of him. It says, I was... And you look really closely, and in small letters in between, this is you. So it's I, you, was. But the, the, big, the big word is I was. And so they said, there, there's a clue. And in the, um, in the freeze frame from the video, Your Mother Should Know, where they're all in white tuxes, Paul is the only one that has a black carnation. The others have red carnations. Also in the booklet, there's a still from their video of I Am the Walrus. And supposedly... You know, Walrus, according to Rumorville, uh, Walrus was like, what, a Scandinavian, I think, a symbol of death or something like that. And uh, in the in the picture for that, he has his shoes off. Hmm. Um, and then, according to lore, you know, in Sicily, I think it is, or something like that, they, they tend to bury the dead with their shoes off. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, hmm. so, so th- those are the clues from... 1967, and then um, in 1969, there wasn't a whole lot in the White Album because it was just the White Album, Mm -hmm. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot of photographs except for that collage poster inside. 1969, Abbey Road, the cover had the Beatles crossing Abbey Road, but the interesting things were how they were dressed. John was all in white, so the rumor had it that he was the minister. Ringo was all in black, and he was the undertaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul was in a, like a black suit, I think, uh, but not wearing shoes. So he was the deceased. And then George showed up in denim, you know, denim shirt, denim jeans, and he was supposed to be the, uh, the grave digger. And also what's interesting is all the Beatles are in step, except for Paul. Paul's out of step. Right. And then finally on that same picture, there's a white VW with the license plate 28IF, so 28IF. And according to Rumorville, Paul would have been 28 if he was alive at the time of Abbey Road. Right. There's also the first three letters are LMW, which is sometimes interpreted as Linda McCartney weeps or a Linda McCartney widow. Ooh, interesting. So um, when the photo, what, what was inter- what I remember reading, what was interesting was uh, he was actually 27 when the photo was taken. Mm-hmm. But then the rumor people just said, yeah, but according to, I think, Indian mythology, you're basically one year old when you're born. 
so he would have been 28 you know so they they got they got excuses (laughs) for everything but those those are the main visual clues and also uh paul has a cigarette in his right hand and he was famously left-handed that's right yep that was another one and uh, if you turn the album over on the back there's a series of dots on the wall little markings in the cement I've heard them described as bullet holes, which they really aren't. They don't really look like bullet holes. But if you if you connect the dots, it makes a three. Hmm. Three beetles left? Three beetles left. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Wow. All interesting. Mm-hmm. You want to go into the audio clues? Let's go to the audio. Okay. How about the, how about the first one? What do we got? First one I got is a little bit of Day in the Life. He blew his mind out in a car. He didn't notice that the lights had changed A crowd of people stood and stared So familiar guy gets his mind blown out in a car crash. Mm-hmm. So he wrote it for uh, for Tara Brown, but eh, it sounds like you know it's an allusion to a, a car wreck. Right. And it fits right in with the urban mythology as, as to what happened to him. That's right. And what else fits in with the urban mythology? I'm sorry that I doubted you. I was so unfair. You were in a car crash and you lost your head. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Ringo's song, you, you got to give him a couple, right? <laughs> yes. On, on <laughs> He's allowed so, uh, one per album. Is that, that how That's it works? right. You were in a car crash and you lost your hair, and then you enter the uh, the marvelous world of backmasking, mm. where uh, you know something that's said one way forward sounds different backwards. And here, in a song called "Blue Jay Way," which is off Magical Mystery Tour, George is saying, "Please don't be long. Please don't be very long, for I may be asleep." And uh, you play it backwards, and according to the conspiracy theories, it says, please get me out. Paul is bloody. Paul is very bloody. (laughs) (laughs) So let's hear what this sounds like. All right, here we go. Sleep with your light on tonight. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so the hair is standing up on my arm. Something about backwards music. Is yeah, just, it's, it's creepy. It, it is. It Even is creepier just, than if it was just, it just sounded like they were saying it normally. There's just something very unnerving about it. That's right. I've, um, I've read before that the reason for that is, you know, you spend your whole life interpreting normal sound input from your mm-hmm. ears and you're not used to hearing things backwards it's very unnatural and your senses are struggle with it and that's what gives you the creeps something's very wrong yeah david lynch made use of that in twin peaks the old tv show where he would have actors recite their lines backwards and then reverse it oh wow so it's kind of doing 
back masking in real time. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it had a very creepy effect. Gosh, um, and there's a, there's another one at, at the uh, the very outro of Strawberry Fields Forever. Now, John says I was saying cranberry sauce, but to all the Paul is dead crowd, he was saying I bury Paul. So let's hear that one. So what, what I did is I really juiced that up yes, yeah. in, 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 intentionally to try to highlight it so you'd know where to look. But he says cranberry sauce. And um, I think in some of the outtakes, it sounds pretty much like cranberry sauce. Yeah, it's, um, it sounds, to me, it always sounded like I'm very small. But it doesn't really sound like cranberry sauce. Well, yeah. So but the uh, so the, the, the plot people had I buried Paul there. <laughs> now... What's um, interesting from there, I Buried Paul, is there was another song off of um, Yellow Submarine called All Together Now, where they just keep repeating All Together Now, All Together Now. You play that backwards, and once again, you start getting I Buried Paul. Let's hear that one. That is bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. again, creepy. And it's creepy in its consistency. I buried Paul. You go back to the old um, story about how the walrus was a Scandinavian symbol for death. And so when they're singing, I am the walrus, people are really asking the Beatles, hey, are, who was the walrus? And so John on the White Album did a song called Glass Onion, and he tells you who the walrus was. So there you go, the walrus was Paul. Yes. And then in the uh, last audio clue as such, um, this one is off of All Things Must Pass, which was George Harrison's really solo debut after the Beatles. But he had a little ditty on there called It's Johnny's Birthday. And um, so he's just singing about Johnny's birthday. And allegedly, when you play it backwards, it goes back to the shoes are off on Abbey Road and shoes are off on I Am the Walrus. And, and 
allegedly you play it backwards. He says, he never wore his shoes. We all know he was dead. So let's hear that one. Okay. It's Johnny's birthday. It's Johnny's birthday. And we would like to wish him all the very Wow. Make it stop. (laughs) Make it stop. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, did we? We may have skipped this. We we did, but you know, it's we saved the best for last. That's right. So we we ought to do this now. The the big one was uh, you know, you've heard the song Revolution, the real rocker. Well, on the White Album. It started out as Revolution Number no. Nine. It was really kind of an avant-garde, artsy, weird song where they have a um, an engineer just introducing something as Number no. Nine, but they keep playing it over and over again. Uh, number Nine, Number Nine, Number Nine, and that one is pretty obvious what it says when you play it backwards. So let's save the best for last okay. and listen to this one. Here we go. Grab a hold of something. Nine, Number Nine, Number Nine. Number nine, 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 all right, I just looked behind myself. <laughs> so that is pretty creepy. Turn me on, dead man. That, that is, yeah. <laughs> First time I heard that was uh, in your dorm room one night. We, we were spinning Beatles records backwards. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why, why would we be doing that? I don't know. I don't know what you could summon doing that, but uh, it was pretty creepy. Still is creepy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's still, it still is creepy. So um, I, I find it interesting. I don't think I don't think the Beatles press officer engineered all this, but yet the similarities are interesting. You know about McCartney not wearing shoes, and you know he never wore his shoes. We know he was dead, right? And it's always it's never you know I buried George. You know it's <laughs> it's I buried Paul, and Paul <laughs> is very bloody, and it's like oh my gosh, the clues are there if you want to hear them, right? You can uh, you can hear them, but uh, I also have uh, a couple of remaining sound bites here. But uh, one of them is um, Paul McCartney's audio reflections on the death rumors. John wrote uh, the tune "Glass Onion," and when we wrote it, we were thinking specifically. I mean, he wrote it mainly, but he, I helped him on it. And uh, we, were th- we were writing it. We were thinking specifically of this whole idea of all these people who kind of write in and say. Who was the walrus, John? Were you the walrus? Or is Paul the walrus? Or who's the walrus? So John, I mean, we just did, he happened to have a line, kind of go, all, and, and he said, yeah, the walrus was Paul. And we had a great giggle, you know, saying, yeah, let's do that. Let's put this line in. Because everyone is going to read into it. It's going to go, crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and crackers, they did. They certainly did. So then uh, Lennon, who's a great, I guess he likes to minimalize, minimize, 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 minimize cigar box. He likes (laughs) to minimize the, uh, the legend of the Beatles. So 
uh, he would want to minimize this as well. But let's hear John Lennon's audio reflections on the whole Paul is dead rumor. John Lennon, there is no doubt in your mind about the fate of uh, Paul McCartney. Uh, no, it's a joke, isn't it? I mean, Paul isn't dead. You know, and if he was, we would have told you. you know, we'd be the first to know. He's recording music for Ringo's film and producing Mary Hopkins, so he's very much alive. Well, how did the rumors uh, affect both of you at this point? It's a joke to us. Uh, it's just a joke. It's so hard to uh, believe that something like this would be going on, uh, similar to uh, like a James Dean thing. I can't understand it because I can understand the James Dean kind of, he still lives, crippled, but won't come out, you know. I mean, there's some kind of idea you could guess, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But Paul McCartney couldn't die without the world knowing it. Mm -hmm. The same as he couldn't get married without the world knowing it. It's impossible. He can't go on holiday without the world knowing it. How? How could he die without no, everybody knowing it? I, you know, it's just insanity, but great plug for Abbey Road. Yeah, it's just all that mysticism like James Dean is still alive in a chair somewhere and that Bob Dylan had died. I mean, but you can understand the Dylan rumor a bit more because he had that big crash and nobody knew where he was, you know. It's all that intellectualizing or looking for hidden meanings. You know, it's just gone crazy, that's all. It's water off a duck's back, you know. It's just the, the most stupid rumor I've ever heard. <laughs> so don't mince words john how do you really feel right. about this but uh yeah but you know wrapping it up uh in in november of 1969 capital Records sales managers uh reported a significant increase in the sale of beetle albums attributed to the rumor of course everyone Cap was buying them and spinning them backwards that's right capital's <laughs> vice president of national merchandising Estimated that uh, this is going to be the biggest month in history in terms of Beatles sales. Um, the rumor benefited the commercial performance of Abbey Road in the U.S., where it comfortably outsold all of the band's previous albums. Uh, Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour, both of which had been off the charts uh, since February, uh, re-entered the Billboard's top LPs chart. So, um, you know, was it was it engineered? I don't think so. Is there creepy coincidences in there? You bet. And mm -hmm. ultimately, did the Beatles just go with the flow and reap the benefit? Sure. You know, I betcha. And what was really funny is, I don't know if um, how many people have seen it, but uh, uh, James Corden, who does the, the carpool karaoke. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had Paul McCartney on and, and Paul, I mean, it's, it's great. You stop and think about it. And Paul McCartney has been interviewed a zillion times. And so they're all going to be similar, but nobody chats with them while they're driving a car. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so you're going to, it's going to be a different kind of interview than you've ever seen. So you see different facets of McCartney, but one of the uh, outtakes um, that's not available on YouTube, he asked Paul McCartney, about the uh, the rumor about him being dead. And, and Paul said, yeah, even in those days, I mean, everyone was on too many stimulants. Everybody was overstimulated. <laughs> and there were so many Beatle legends. They were looking for all kinds of things. So he says, we just went with it. What else can you do? And what was really funny is uh, James Corden then observes that he goes, well, you know, when they think you're dead, I was thinking about it. And that's actually like the greatest possible way to get out of things. Because you're dead, right? And Paul McCartney says, yeah, it could have gotten me out of this. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty fast. That's that old Beatle humor. You know? Yeah. So yeah. so that, that, in a nutshell, is the Paul is Dead saga. 
you have been listening to the Catherine Appearance Podcast. Join us again. I will not comment on British dentistry. British dentistry, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs>